What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. and salutations everyone and welcome to the unfranchised podcast in this episode of the show we will be discussing nobody the recently released bob odenkirk starring action film that was written by john wick's Derek kolstad and directed by hardcore henry's Ilya neshuler my name is robert taylor and i write about film at coldspark.com and oh hey i'm also writing about film and tv at collider.com now which has been an exciting personal development, so you can look for my byline there, too. I'm joined, as always, by my podcasting bestie, Stuart Smith. Stu, you've also got a new writing outlet, correct? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have never called me your bestie until now. When did this develop? You've always Robert? been my bestie. Well, I, you know you've what? never told me that I, until now, I you didn't, rascallion. I didn't want your head to get too big about it. it which, uh, this well, is exactly why. What's happening right now is exactly why. I, I did, but this is I your did, fault. Don't blame me. <laughs> I, I, did, I just didn't want you to become – I didn't want it to overwhelm your senses and make it all about that. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, I am uh, – I recently started a new job at a local TV news station. And uh, part of why they hired me is because they loved my work from when I was a film critic at the Tyler Morning Telegraph newspaper. And so they have allowed me to uh, pick back up writing about and reviewing films. So uh, uh, my output of reviews will ramp up once, you know, movies start coming out uh, much more frequently at uh, at the theater. Uh, and when they do, you can find them at kltv.com. This is, I believe this is on the tag at the end of the show, but if you're interested in reading some of the stuff Stu and I are writing, no matter whether it's a cult spark or one of our other outlets, find us on Twitter. I'm at Robert B. Taylor, Stu's at Stu B. Do. It's probably fair to say that maybe it's probably the best place to find our stuff. Is that correct? Absolutely. It I've, is for me. It is for I, me. I post every- I post everything on Twitter and Facebook, but it's a lot easier no, we, to. We don't want to. Throw, my, my, we don't want to throw anybody Facebook's way anyway. <laughs> if we can no, help nobody, it, right? Nobody should. Nobody should be using Facebook. Don't <laughs> use Facebook. Okay. Okay. So that's enough about tuning our own horns, because we are here to talk about nobody, which was released in theaters at the end of March. I believe it's still playing in theaters, just because most of the big movies are, I think, waiting for a bit more people to get vaccinated before they all come barreling back into movie theaters this summer. It is still playing in theaters, because that's how I saw it uh, last week. So you saw it on the big screen? I saw it on the big screen, I did. That's great. Uh, it, if... it was the second movie back that I saw with, uh, after having been vaccinated. So, uh, so you can see it that way, as Stu did, or you can see it the way I saw it, which is it's available to rent premium VOD right now. It costs you like 20 bucks. That's how I saw it. I, I will say this. Um, if you do go see it in the theater, I hope that you have a better experience than I did. Apparently, some people just kind of have over the last year have forgotten that being at a movie theater is not the same as watching a movie <laughs> in the comfort of your own. They've living. forgotten how to act. They think it's just Disney plus. Oh now. my God. It was, it was crazy. Like normally I am, I am really, 
I, I am pacifistic. I am not someone that will get up in someone's face and, you know, tell them to stop doing something in public, uh, even at a movie theater. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be podcasting besties with someone who was just that inappropriately <laughs> you know, aggressive. I, you you have to, like, really, really, really be egregious in your behavior for me to publicly and loudly tell you to stop. But that's what happened here. There were three ladies sitting in the row behind me and for about, you know, a good almost two thirds of the movie, they just, they weren't talking constantly, but they were talking consistently and just about just dumb stuff. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, normal reactions to the movie it was just talking about like commenting on the movie out loud and finally i just i had had it something like something happened they made a comment i turned around and very loudly said please stop talking you've been talking the entire time and after a a, a, a beat one they just say so <laughs> you shut up you little bitch you know what <laughs> Jesus. and so like i kept like i went back and forth with them a couple times and like no you shut up I, I told them this is in your living room. They're like, no, you <laughs> basically just like Bob Odenkirk's character in this film. Something, oh something snapped inside of you. I seriously, like I almost threw my drink at them. <laughs> like I was just that. Angry. We're going to have to collectively reteach people how to behave in large public spaces. I think it, it was. Oh, my God. It, I. ugh. <laughs> right. Anyway. Well, I, I hope I, as as we go into further movie going adventures as we you know as we put this pandemic behind us and i hey i took my kid to see demon slayer which was my first movie back and i'm going to go see the fast and furious tokyo drift at a theater this friday so i'm i'm, I'm so uh, unbelievably jealous so partly uh, because I have, to, I have to work friday night but they're also for some reason they're not showing any of these movies any of those they're not doing fast and furious showings in my town I'm really. I'm, I'm. Maybe they're punishing it for re-employing you as a film critic. Uh, clearly, it's the only explanation. <laughs> okay, let's get on to nobody. So, nobody is a film about a sort of beleaguered husband and father, played by Bob Odenkirk, who has a bit of a mental break after he fails to stop a couple of intruders from burglarizing his home, and then he basically goes to war with the Russian mafia using a certain skill set that he had long since retired. Uh, first question we always ask, Stu, is why did we want to watch this movie? Why did we want to podcast about this movie? Uh, for me, it's Bob Odenkirk, who, you know, I mostly adore for his work as Saul Goodman and Jimmy McGill. Saul Goodman slash Jimmy McGill in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, recently, I'm always happy when he pops up in a movie I'm watching, Be at the Post or Little Women. Of course, comedy nerds love him for his earlier work, you know, especially like Mr. Show with Bob and David and some of his early comedy stuff. But just the idea of taking Bob Odenkirk, who doesn't at first glance seem like a perfect fit for a John Wick style action film, just the sort of the novelty of seeing that and seeing whether he could pull it off was a big draw for me. Uh, so I, you know, it's like for me, it was the, it was the simple. I mean, I, you know, obviously I love action films. Uh, but it was it was just the curiosity of it's like they took the pitch to the studio was, OK, we found probably the most unlikely actor to be an action hero and not just an action hero, a hardcore John Wick style. Do all of your own stunts and fights. I mean, he really fucks some guys up in this he movie. Really, he really does. And it's I mean, it's clearly him in most of it. 
and you know, and we're gonna we're gonna turn him into just an unstoppable killing machine. And not only did they do that with Bob Odenkirk, they did it with Christopher Lloyd. And so the idea of seeing both of those guys just go hard in action is I can't not see this. Like, I don't even care if it's good or not. I just want to see this happen. It's going to be fascinating regardless. And then I think the other reason for me, at least, is the John Wick connection. I mean, it's no big secret. I feel like we've probably name dropped John Wick in half of the episodes of this podcast we've recorded, but it's because we both love those films. And Derek Kolstad, who wrote the first two John Wick movies, as well as did the first draft of John Wick 3, although he is now no longer working on that franchise, Kolstad also wrote Nobody. And Kolstad interests me just as someone who lives and breathes action movies, and I wanted to see what that writer could do using similar themes to what he uses in Wick, but, you know, outside of that universe. And without, you know, I feel like, I don't want to say that nobody was more his film, but there are a lot of people you probably have to please when you're making a John Wick movie. There are probably less people you have to please when you're writing a an original action film starring Bob Odenkirk. That's a guess. Definitely, I would say there's definitely more people you have to please at this point in John Wick's yeah, life. Now, yeah, right. You know, first, maybe the second movie, you you just have way more latitude because it's like, well, who cares about this? Oh, oh Keanu Reeves, you know, whatever, fine. Right. You know, and I, and I would imagine it's the same way here. Oh, Bob Odenkirk in an action movie? <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever, man, just do it. Right. So since it didn't come with the expectations. Colstead as a writer, as well, as well as Nay Shuler and the other people involved are sort of, you know, back to ground zero with this kind of movie or square one. Yeah, absolutely. So that was basically why I was in that pretty much sum it up for you. Anything else for you on, you know, why we're like, let's do nobody for the unfranchised. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it just I'm still not sure if they're going to do more films. Oh, we'll, get, um, we'll talk about we'll get into that later. Right. We'll get we'll get yeah. into that later. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it it. This was too tantalizing not to talk about. You know, as of now, it's unfranchised, which is why it qualifies for the show. So let's get into it, Stu. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was really good. You know, it. Yeah. I mean, Odenkirk just he. I I think if there's one thing that I really appreciate about this movie, you know, beyond the I mean, the action's really good. It's it's surprisingly funny. Uh, it's got a, I think that's definitely one of the things that it has over John Wick. If you, you know, if you want to ha- say that it has things, you know, better, I don't know. It, it's got a lot more humor in it, uh, than John Wick, any of the John Wick films, uh, do. And so, uh, that was one thing that was surprising and very, very welcome. Um, but it's, it's very efficient. Uh, it's one thing that I will absolutely give to both, uh, you know, the, to Kolstad's script and to Bob Odenkirk's performance, especially, uh, it really does a lot with a little. And the, like, I think the best example of this is, you know, after he leaves the apartment, uh, when he tries to uh, recover some of the items that were stolen from him, uh, in that opening, um, you know, uh, house, uh, house break in. Uh, when he's leaving and he realizes what he's done in there and he just loses his mind briefly and just, you know, is screaming in, in frustration and agony and punching the wall. It just it, it says so much. Whereas, you know, I feel like so many other movies would have ruminated on that for, 
you know, minutes, if not longer. Whereas, you know, this just this and really the rest of the movie really gets to the point really quickly. It's it's a, it's surprisingly efficient uh, in the way that it communicates what what's on its mind, what's you know, what you, characters you're thinking and feeling uh, and really just just getting to the point. You know, that opening montage of, you know, his day to day life and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that would have been 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes in almost any other movie. I really like that opening montage. I, I actually I think it's a really well directed film. Now, it is. as far as why do we want to watch this movie? We didn't bring up Nay Schuler at all. And personally, it's because I haven't seen Hardcore Henry, which is his I other... hadn't either. And I had I had no real desire to see it because that movie just felt like that's like the just... first person action movie. Right. Right. It, it just felt yeah. like gimmick the movie. And, you know, watching some clips in the trailer a few times, I felt like I had gotten everything out of it that like I don't I don't know that I needed to see 90 plus minutes of a movie like that. Right. Uh, basically, for people who don't know, it's shot entirely in a first-person shooter perspective. Basically, it looks like a video game, correct? Right, exactly. And yeah, I don't... That's that basically the entire point. I don't remember particularly not wanting to see it. I, I It just never happened. So I basically have had no opinion on Nashuler coming into this. Yeah, but he, uh, but I'm kind of with you. I think this movie, it, it was... It was really it was put together enough and it had enough of a distinct style that it made me think maybe I should go back and visit that movie. I wouldn't be opposed to watching it now, just out, just out of curiosity. Um, we have the this. So this is from the the guys who did John Wick, uh, Leach and Stahelski. This is their their production company that that you know, they were stuntmen, started a production company. And this film comes from that company and I'm sure was involved in handling stunts for it we assume oh i'm correct. sure uh, i mean and, it's it it certainly feels you know of a piece yeah it's it does it's not identical in action you know in choreography or style but you know you can definitely tell that there's some of that dna swirling around in right there. uh 87 11 is the or 80, it used to be 87 11 it's 87 north productions now and it's, okay. it's from uh david leach and this you know they did they've done the john is Wick that how movies. You i thought it was lech lech is it lech leach i don't know regardless the guy who directed atomic blonde which is another of the films that they did so you do get a sense if you like that kind of action you know, it's not a lot of shaky cam. It's sort of expertly choreographed stuff that's allowed to breathe a little bit. You it's can very intentional. Yeah, you can. It, it's, very it's, it's it's brutal. It's hard, and it's put together by people who know how to do stunts, who know how to do action, and clearly know what they're doing. And and that is clearly a key component in the success of this film. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, uh, further thoughts before I get into mine, Stu. Uh, no, it's just it. It is. It's so between this and and Godzilla versus Kong, I bless these people for making, you know, sub two hour movies. Oh yeah, I mean, so, I mean, just, so this movie is just a few minutes over nine, an hour and a half. It's ninety some minutes, and it and it gives you. I mean, it's again. This kind of goes back to the whole efficiency thing. You know, even though it is it is relatively short, even with credits, like I never felt like there was anything missing, like everything that needs to be communicated um, character wise is communicated. And that and that's definitely, I think, one of the things that that this movie, uh, you know, kind of differentiates itself from John Wick in a way uh, is that it is more character focused. You know, John Wick definitely does take time to develop John's character. 
but this is this is definitely more getting into you know the mind of Bob Odenkirk's character um and you know really just kind of well, you know letting it, it's what? I was just going to say the the plot you know plot wise these movies are very similar right <laughs> and nobody sure. borrows I mean we got a guy up against Russian gangsters kind of gets on their bad side accidentally there from a plot perspective there's a lot of John Wick DNA here but the, the, the lead the characters official I think this, like the way that the way that I see it is this is high noon to John Wick's Rio Bravo. Okay. What I the point I was going to make is that however the lead characters are completely different. Yes. Whereas exactly. John Wick is this sort of unbelievable almost angelic like perfect creature. You know what he's, I mean? He's, he's, he borders on supernatural. He, right. Uh, you know, it's this guy that no, hardly anybody in the movie believes he exists. He's the boogeyman. And it's, and it's because why, why would you believe this person exists? Whereas right. Bob Odenkirk, like you said, that opening sequence where it's Monday, edit, Tuesday, edit, Wednesday, forgot to take out the trash, edit, Thursday, you know, wife's not interested in sex. She's putting pillows between you in bed and flipping over. Edit, Friday, next week, forget to take out the trash again. There's well, like this, there's like this crash course in the boring middle age monotony of this guy's life. Well, and, he, like, and it I, gives I, him a sort I, of everyman appeal. It's like it, it's it's a little bit Walt White in Breaking Bad, actually, that kind of makes you root for him immediately, even well, though I, even though I don't want to, you know, over the course of Breaking Bad, there's very good reasons to end up not rooting for Walter White. But right. but at the beginning, it's somebody you instantly sympathize with because of basically where he finds himself in his life and I in, in middle age. And I think that's where Odenkirk's character starts from in this movie. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think too, I think one of the, in terms of just like, you know, who these guys are, because both of them, both of them are, you know, both John Wick and uh, what, what is, I, this is stupid. I should remember. Hutch, Hutch, Hutch. 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 Uh, um, the, I think the defining difference between, you know, Hutch, Hutch, and, Stu, it's Hutch, Hutch Mansell. Right, Hutch Mansell. Yep. The difference between Hutch and John is that, you know, John John is trying to suppress what and who he is, whereas Hutch has suppressed it, but it keeps looking. You can tell he's been looking for an excuse to go back to the, to what he was. Yeah, I believe that. So okay, I'll I'll get into some of the things I thought uh, we talked about the action. I thought the bus scene was fantastic. The bus scene is great and is, you know, probably the, probably the, the, the best encapsulation of the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's Bob Odenkirk. And like you said, I'm sure there are some stunts involved, but it basically looks like it's 90% Bob Odenkirk just laying waste to like right. f- five thugs in a, in a bus, in a public bus. Fantastic action scene. Uh, as is the shootout in the house that leads to him being taken and then the Trump, the trunk escape. Right. I thought that whole bit was fantastic. Um, very well choreographed again. Uh, I totally buy Odenkirk as a badass. I think he's fantastic in this movie. Uh, I liked the villain, the main Russian mobster. I should probably look up that guy's name. Let me do that real quick. <laughs> he's interesting. Julian, he's, he's Ale- not- I, I'm never going to pronounce this, but it's Alexei. Serebryakov as Yulian. Is that the character or the actor? Aleski Serebryakov is the actor. Yulian was the okay. character's name. And I thought he was fun. 
not that different from the like, the Russian guys we see in John Wick, but like he's introduced like dancing and doing karaoke. I was going to say, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, Russian gangsters are Russian gangsters. Yeah. But this guy, you know, definitely doesn't take him. He takes himself seriously, but he doesn't take himself seriously. Right. You know, you would you would never see you would never see, uh, you know, the bad guy in any of the John Wick movies, you know, doing karaoke, essentially. Like you kind of get the sense that. Julian's job is being a murderous Russian mobster, but it's not particularly the job he wants. It's just the no. one he has and is good at, but it, it's not, he'd rather be, no, he <laughs> he'd hates, rather he be hates, singing in his club. He hates his, I mean, his job is guarding, you know, the 401k of the Russian mob. Yeah. And he hates it. He absolutely hates it. And you can tell he would much rather just be at his club, you know, singing with pretty girls and having the crowd adore him. And, you know, why wouldn't you prefer that? Let me tell you what. Mobsters need to spread out their need to spread their money out. And if they didn't learn from the Dark Knight that it's not a good idea to just like put it in. They do this in the first John Wick, too, don't they? It's like stop putting all your money in one location. It's just going to go bad for you. Branch well, they, out. Pick, they, a, they pick do, a couple they different do, spots. They, they at least move it around in this. But yeah. I guess they figure it's like, you know. We're dangerous enough. Who's really going to do it? There's a scene where Julian, when he goes to the hospital, because Odenkirk lays waste to the guys on the bus, which includes Julian's, I think it's his brother, right? Yeah, it's, and, his, it's, it's his little brother. You can't tell if it's like, you know, biological, adopted, whatever. Right. So Julian regardless, goes. Regardless, regardless of blood, I mean, he considers him. Right. His brother. So Julian goes to the hospital to see what happened. And there's a scene where he walks through a waiting room and he just casually picks up a chair, just like a waiting room, like little chair and takes it into the to the hospital room where the goons are and just beats the fuck out of the one of the goons with the chair demanding to know what happened and demanding to know who did this and what happened to her, his brother and then when they, when he's not getting the answers that he th feels he should be getting he just starts wailing on the guy again with this chair he just casually grabs from the hospital waiting room and i cackled Stu. i cackled right oh it was hilarious it great was genuinely scene. funny so, okay, this is maybe this is where I get into my nitpicking, which, you know, I love to do on the show. And this is maybe where our opinions start to diverge a little bit. Uh, I was not a fan of the Home Alone climax. I think the last action scene where all the bad guys storm the I don't even know what kind of factory. Could you tell what kind of factory that was, what they were making there and Michael Ironside's factory that Bob Odenkirk buys? Uh... I have no idea. It was it was some kind of uh is it windows is it I I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. there's a big action sequence at the end where uh Bob Odenkirk and Christopher Lloyd is his father and Riza is his half brother and actually Michael Ironside is left by that point. But anyway, they've all made a last stand in this factory where they home alone it, where they're setting up like booby traps and trip wires and shit. And it's for me, it was the worst action sequence in the movie. And it's usually not great when your last big blowout action scene is your worst one. Disagree? I, okay. Or do I so make a point? I, I, I will definitely say that the other two big action scenes are better. Um, and this one definitely kind of, you know, I mean, all, all big action set pieces stretch beyond the limits of credulity. Um, but, you know, this one definitely felt a little too 
too convenient in that, like, literally everything worked. I think it would have been better if, like, at least a couple of the things that they set up didn't go right or just didn't immediately kill people. You know, like, it just, it it felt like, you know, it felt like playing a video game with the cheat codes on. Um, I know. And, and, and it's, it's kind of, I guess it's maybe not fair to, to say that because I mean, that's how most action scenes in John Wick are because he's just unstoppable. Uh, but, but, you know, Hutch is never, I mean, he's, he is way more human in his fights than John Wick ever is. So it's, it's not, although he's creating these elaborate contraptions, which, you know, he was an quote unquote auditor. So I guess that's part of his skill set. but it does kind of come out of left field a little bit at the end. Again, it's, it's the simple fact that like, because like, take, like, take for instance, the bus fight, the bus fight is great. And he wrecks those guys, but he also gets the, the total crap beat out of him too. Yes. You know, so it, by the way, I, I like that about that scene, how you can actually see him like warming up and discover rediscovering an older set of skills, because the first two minutes of that bus scene, he's getting throttled. Right. And then you can kind of see it all coming back to him as he fights. And just to me, and, that's more fun. I'm not a big fan of Home Alone action scenes anyway. Like the, the other big offender I can think of is Skyfall. And you know how I feel about that movie. That's that's yeah. just a personal preference, I guess. It's just not my favorite style of action scene. It's like, oh, let's set all these traps and then yeah, I don't, hide. You know, I don't. I don't. Ha- Halloween, I don't. the Halloween remake, Halloween eighteen, does that. Does something similar to that at the end too, with like Jamie Lee Curtis and company. It's even more ludicrous than that movie because why the fuck does Laurie Strode <laughs> know how to create elaborate traps and stuff? But it's just not. I just don't like that style of action scene. I, you know, I, I think it was fine. I think it could have worked better. You know, like I said, if they had just kind of made it not be so so neatly uh executed. Uh my other thing is is this film has a not insignificant cast of supporting players. Uh Michael Ironside, Christopher Lloyd, Riza, Connie Nielsen, and yet I they do not get to play the kind of colorful supporting characters that exist in the John Wick verse. I basically, I know you said up front that you really enjoyed Christopher uh, Lloyd in this movie, but other than the novelty of seeing him shoot somebody with a shotgun, I didn't think he had anything to work with. And I didn't think any of these people had anything to work with. And I found myself interested in basically nobody, haha, <laughs> outside of Odenkirk and the main villain. And the rest I, of the rest of them I, just kind of brushed right off me. I think this is one of those things where, like, you kind of, if the movie had been twenty, thirty minutes longer, you would have had more room for that. Um, but John so Wick's like, the same. We, John Wick yeah. one is the same length, and you come out of that movie and you're like, you know, Ian McShane is Winston. Fuck yeah, Willem Dafoe. Fuck yeah. I mean, it, Lance Reddick. I mean, those well, are. I, I think. Those are really good actors playing really, really, really fun character parts. And then this movie has actors we've definitely enjoyed before, but I just don't feel like they're getting the same roles. I didn't think any of them were cool. They, they aren't getting the same kind of roles, but some of that too is that, you know, John Wick intentionally sets up this kind of universe that allows for those kinds of characters to populate it. This is a lot more mundane than John Wick is in by any stretch. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I absolutely would have, would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, to have gotten more Christopher Lloyd because he's always great. And he's, you know, I think he makes the most out of what he's, what he's got here. Um, but I mean, this, this is, is much more, you know, I mean, this is, this is Hutch's world. It's his story through and through hundred percent. Um, you know, say, like I said, it just, just doesn't have that sort of intentionality of, of, of setting up a world and characters to populate it. It's also just kind of extremely super vague. Like Bob Odenkirk is apparently from like this super soldier family where everybody right. born into it is like this badass quote unquote auditor, this, this undercover government operated, but you just assume they don't explain any of that. It's just his dad's a badass. And this, 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 this other guy who's a black man who they kind of sort of are hinting that maybe was a, you know, a soldier who, 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 uh, you know, he worked with or whatever, but they, they appears they're actually half brothers. That's what you got out of it, right? There's like a photograph you see. Yeah. Which is fine. But then like none of this is explained. It's just like there's this familial unit, this kind of odd familiar unit that they're all complete and total killers, but we have no idea why. I, I guess it's just a family business, but. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm mostly fine with that. You know, I, I mean, I think I, vagueness in movies is a good thing. A lot of times I think you should be left to sort of infer stuff or figure stuff out on your own, but it's just, it's such a specific thing. A family of th- these killers who are sort of all, none of them are active anymore. Christopher Lloyd, it seems like he wants to be, he just aged out of it. And uh, it's just, it struck me as a little odd. It didn't, it did that aspect of it didn't come together how I would have liked it to. How's that? Sure. I mean, you know, you're not necessarily wrong, but I, I think that it works as it is, you know, and it certainly leaves open the opportunity to expand on that more should they, you know, make nobodies or whatever they end up calling it. Um, if they so, make yeah, if they make nobodies, I, I don't think they can do it with just the supporting cast they have. I think they're going to have to bring other people in. I'm sure. I mean, they probably will. Um but yeah, you know, I, 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 and again, I they're I, fine. I, I, and again, I don't like Riz is fine. Christopher Lloyd's fine. Like they're all fine. I just, I didn't think that, and, it, and especially Connie Nielsen, who's really just stuck in the wife who won't fuck her husband role. I mean, she she's, is, she is definitely the, the yeah. most underserved absolutely. Of, of the supporting cast. I, I will absolutely agree with that. But I, de- I definitely think Christopher Lloyd makes the most of what he's got. He he consistently got the most laughs of, of anyone uh, throughout the entire – like every time he – like people cheered when he showed up because they I, – I saw it at home, so no one was cheering. But um, Why weren't you cheering? I Bob? feel like it's because – I feel Lloyd, like – they right, but that you just – you nailed it. I feel like if anybody's cheering that scene, it's because it's the great Christopher Lloyd – firing a shotgun at somebody it's not because of any sort of creative bit of writing or anything cool happening in the movie it's just creative it's christopher lloyd shooting a guy so i mean we declare that and i guess i guess that's i guess that's fine well it's it's fun because it's unexpected i mean he's again he's like one of the last people especially at this age that you expect to be doing that sort of thing and look, I, uh, I, I'm not, it's, it's the way that he does it. It's his, you know, just kind of very casual. like, yep, we're doing this again and I'm happy to be doing it. And, and I'm not meaner that, that, I mean, you don't see that a lot in, in action movies, especially action movies, with old guys. 
And look, I'm not saying I needed like flashbacks where we're de-aging these actors and showing us how this, I don't need any of that. I just, I just thought it felt really thin. That's all. Final question, Stu, the one we always ask at the end of the unfranchised. Should this be a franchise? Should it become a franchise now? And my answer is probably if for Odin Kirk alone, I'd like to get to see him do this again. I'll say this much. If they make another one, I won't complain. I will go see it because it will probably be good. Uh, but I, I also, uh, you know, I, I, I'm satisfied with what they did and, you know, kind of where they left the characters. I don't think that it needs a sequel. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't lend itself to one as easily as John Wick did. That's for sure. No. It, and it this movie's also um, not nearly as good as John Wick. So if we're just comparing it to John Wick, the universe isn't quite there in the same way. And it's also not of the quality where we're frothing at the mouth to have more, but this is still like a cool little action movie. I wouldn't hate spending more time with Hutch. No, it, I think, I think it would be fun. I think there is room. There's latitude to do it. It could work and you know, I'd be fine with watching more. So sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to add about nobody again? It's, it's playing in theaters and probably will be until like, the Fast Nine opens. I was going to say. I mean, there's not there's not much else coming out for no. a while. So, or again, it's probably, I. You know, however you get your VOD movies, I rented it digitally through Amazon for twenty bucks, and that price will probably go down soon. I think it's definitely worth your money. I think it's definitely worth your time since it's only ninety two minutes or whatever. And I, I, you know, I, I think we're both record. Oh, that was our yeah. I, f- I forgot the segment we always do, Stu, which is. Who who are we recommending this movie for? And it's for action fans. It's for action junkies. It's for people who can't wait to watch the next John Wick or The Raid or, you know, any of that style of bone crunching plot light beat em up. You want to watch this movie. And I would also recommend it like to anybody who, who wants to be surprised by her performance, because I, I really was surprised. I mean, I know Bob Odenkirk is a is a great actor and I mean, he's consistently good in everything that he does, but it, Again, it's just like, really, him? Kicking ass? Okay, sure. It's a very well-done physical performance that I completely bought. Yeah. And I guess we'll wrap it up there. Stu, thanks for joining me tonight. Pleasure as always. And everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back to talk about another unfranchised film real soon. Thanks. The Unfranchised is a film podcast produced by the staff of CultSpark.com and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. If you enjoy our show, please subscribe and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Your support is essential in our ability to highlight smaller films by growing our audience. You can follow our hosts on Twitter at Robert B. Taylor and at StubbyDoo. For updates on The Unfranchised, please follow the show on Twitter at The Unfranchised. Or follow CultSpark on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CultSpark. You can email us at theunfranchised at cultspark.com. Visit cultspark.com for print reviews and essays on films in the horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action, and noir genres.